Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Talentless Podcast. I'm the Talentless Writer, and today I am joined with you by myself. I'm by myself today. I don't have any guests today. It's just me, myself, and I, like De La Soul. You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I got no guests today, and I'm bringing it back to the old podcast. You know, the old podcast. You guys all remember the OG podcast back uh, back two months ago when it was just me on the first three episodes. And, you know, I, I like doing alone podcasts sometimes because if I didn't do podcasts by myself, then there would be no podcast for the next few weeks, you know? And that's why I got to do them by myself because if I'm focused on trying to get people each week, then there's never going to be a podcast. There's going to be like five episodes for the whole year probably, you know? That's how schedules work. If I, if I could just get anybody whenever I wanted, yeah, that would work out great, but that's not how it works. That's not how life works you can't just get people like like it's nothing you gotta yeah schedule an appointment and that's basically it but like you gotta i want to get people on the podcast that i know already i don't want to just fucking if i've never talked to you if i've never had our voice connect if i if my voice has never talked to you and you've never responded to me with your voice multiple times then why would i have you on the podcast if i don't know you that well like obviously i'm gonna have my friends on because i've talked to them the past fucking 10 years and I had Nibbink on because we've talked for a while too but I'm not just going to have some YouTuber I've talked to for like two weeks something like that you know I gotta because then there's no connection what the fuck am I going to talk to you about huh nothing I'm not going to get some random guy because I don't know a random guy what am I going to talk to him about nothing you get it that's why I talk to myself because I, I respond to myself and I know what I want to hear and what I want to respond with. That's what. That's why uh, schizophrenic people they have the right idea. They they talk to themselves or to fake people. These fake people that they have in their lives, and they talk to them because those are the people that they know are going to respond. They're going to have a good conversation going back and forth. You know, they have the right idea, and I feel like I'm schizophrenic sometimes when I'm talking into this microphone. Because I'm just talking into a microphone. There's nobody here. I'm, I'm by myself. Just in a room. Talking to a microphone. And this is obviously the most exciting podcast episode so far. You guys are just talking to me. You guys, you guys aren't even talking to me. But you're listening to me. Talking random. Blah. I don't know what I'm saying. But I'm rambling about some dumb shit. And uh, today on the podcast. Why don't we make it a little bit fun. Because this podcast has never been fun. <laughs> For people listening. Let's learn something. Let's talk about the future. There's a website I love to use called futurism.com. You learn about uh, technological advances that are happening and stuff like that. So you, you learn and you're, you're entertained and shit like that. So let me go on this website right now and let's look at some of these articles. There's actually one article I read so far that was uh, talking about the Tesla Cybertruck and how the smashed window was actually a PR stunt. I don't know if I agree with it. I mean, it might be. But apparently they sold a shit ton of Teslas after that, like Cybertrucks especially, because, you know, it got all over the news and people were talking about it. So that shows that bad press is good press because even though you might have said, you might have done or said some dumb shit, you get your, your name in people's mouths. You get it? 
That's why it's always good to have bad press. I mean, it's not good. It's better probably to have good press, but it's also good to have bad press unless, you know, you murdered somebody. Then you go to jail. So, like, all the press in the world isn't going to isn't gonna be good because you're not going to make money while you're in jail. You're going to live in jail for the rest of your life. So, in that case, it's not, it's not that good. But for other things, it's good. Like, when you break a fucking window of a car that you probably shouldn't have broken because it shows that your car is not good enough yet. All right, let's talk about futurism. Do, 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 future. Uh, astrophysicist says he knows how to build a time machine, but his peers are far from convinced that it'll work, and I am not convinced that it'll work, or else he would probably be in my room right now telling me it does work, and then, um, then uh, I would believe him. But astrophysicist Ron Mallet, Mallet, Malay, Believes he's found a way to travel back in time theoretically. Oh, so it's not even fucking... It's not even true yet. It's theoretical. That's fucking stupid. I can find a way to do anything theoretically, alright? Just prove it to me. Bro, you know what I can do theoretically? I can theoretically uh, prove that I can become a millionaire. Actually, yeah. Theoretically, I know how to become a millionaire. I can just tell people, right? You know, you know those people that tell you, Oh, you gotta do this, this, and this, and then you'll be rich? I'm one of those people, especially in video games, in RuneScape. I would, I was like broke as fuck in this video game called RuneScape. But I was always looking up money-making guides and like I would tell other people how they can get rich even though I wasn't rich and I never did these things. But I was like, yo, all you gotta do is this, this, and this and then you'll be rich in the game. But see, that was theoretically. I can do that theoretically, but I never fucking proved it. Just like this fucking guy. I don't even want to read the rest of this article. Fucking Ron Millette. However fuck you say your name. Theoretically, you have a stupid-ass name. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that, Ron. I don't want to make fun of your name. But, that's you can't just say shit theoretically. You can't do that. All right, let's read, let's read what theoretically he has proven. The tenured University of Connecticut physics professor recently... Bro, I'm just slurring my words. I'm not drunk or anything, I promise. I, I just ate... Some chocolate, and I think that fucks up how I talk. The tenured University of Connecticut physics professor recently told CNN that he's written a scientific equation that could serve as the foundation for an actual time machine. He's even built a prototype device to illustrate a key component of his theory, though Malay's, Millet's peers remain unconvinced that his time machine will ever come into fruition. Isn't that the shit they did in Goodwill Hunting where they had, where uh, Matt Damon? solve that thing on the board did that have to do with time travel maybe see the thing is this guy's either either fucking stupid right because he's like oh i fucking solved this equation or i wrote an equation that could be the foundation for time machines and everybody's like oh you're so dumb that's never gonna come into fruition that's impossible but then 20 years from now or even 100 years from now they're gonna look back to fucking scientists and historians are going to find this and they're going to use it and they're going to make time travel with it and he's going to be in his grave like wow I fucking told you all you guys told me you're fucking stupid Ron Mallet Mallet however you say your name nobody even knows how to say your name how are we going to solve your theory but now now that he's gone everybody's like wow he was actually a genius this whole time I can't believe we ignored him he was the key to the world you know because of his um, algorithm whatever the fuck he wrote we, uh, we've been able to solve time travel and we stopped Hitler and we stopped 
dinosaurs. I don't know if we should have even stopped dinosaurs, but we stopped those because they were pretty scary. And we stopped a lot of bad things because of this guy, and we all made fun of him, but he's now a hero. Just like how um, those people were like, oh, the the earth revolves around the sun. It's not the sun revolves around the earth. And they were like, you're fucking, you're going to jail. No, you're not even going to jail. We're going to stone you. We're going to spit in your ass. And we're going to slap you across the face. And everybody hates you. The whole town hates you because you said that. Because that's not, that's not how it works. But then little did they know. Little did they know fucking a few years later, a hundred years later, I don't know how long it took. They would be like, wow, this guy was actually telling the truth the whole time. Because we went to space and we saw, we're like, oh shit. This guy was right. How the fuck did we... Uh, why, why would we say he was wrong? I mean, he was right this whole time. And that was a theory. It was a theory. The um, heliocentric... Is that it? Yo, if that's it, I'm so fucking smart. Because I dropped out of my astronomy class. Which uh, also... By the way, if you're in an astronomy, astronomy class, do not call it an astrology class or else your astronomy professor is going to shove dark matter in your asshole, but um, I learned that in my astronomy class, heliocentric, and then uh, I don't remember what the earth in the middle is called, but heliocentric because the sun is called ilios in Greek, and centric is center, and so the sun's in the center, but yeah, the heliocentric model, they're like, yeah, this guy was right, this guy was, I should, wait, did I finish this article? I didn't even finish this fucking article. I'm just going a big-ass rant. Let's continue the article. To understand Mallet's machine, you need to know the basics of Albert Einstein's theory of special relativity, which states that time accelerates or decelerates depending on the speed at which an object is moving. Based on that theory, if a person was in a spaceship traveling near the speed of light, time would pass more slowly for them than it would for someone who remained on Earth a yeah, essentially, the astronaut could zip around space for less than a week, and when they returned to Earth, 10 years would have passed for the people they'd left behind, making it seem to the astronaut like they'd time-traveled to the future. But while most physicists accept that skipping forward in time in that way is probably possible, traveling oh my god, time-traveling to the past is a whole other issue, and one mallet thinks he could solve using lasers. What the fuck? As the astrophysicist explained to CNN, his idea for a time machine hinges upon another Einstein theory, the general theory of relativity. Yo, how long is this article? Holy shit. I'm not reading this whole thing. I don't think his work is necessarily going to be fruitful. A stress astrophysicist Paul Sutter said to CNN, because I do think there are deep flaws in his mathematics and his theory. So, and so practical device seems unattainable. So, um, I'm going to finish this article here, even though I didn't read the whole thing. I'm just going to, because I think if I read the whole thing, that's plagiarism. And that's not good if you plagiarize an entire article. I mean, I didn't say it's mine. I said it's by futurism. Who is it written by? Kristen Hauser. So, I'm sorry, Kristen, I'm not reading this whole article, but uh, this guy, Ron Mallet, I guess we'll see in a few years. Let's see what happens, because they're not sure if you can go backwards in time with this theory. You can only go forward in time. I mean, it's not even time traveling, really. It's just you happen to, uh, it's like two weeks in space or whatever, and then you come back, it's 10 years later. So, that's, that's, uh, that's his theory. Next up. Should I, should I even read any more of these fucking articles? I guess so. 
NASA proposed sending Japanese astronauts to the moon. Uh, no, let's not watch that one. Not even watch it. We're going to read it. Why the fuck would I even say watch? Uh, what's an interesting one? Virtual music star Hatsun Miku to perform at Coachella. That's just going to make me angry if I read that. Because she's not even a real fucking musician. So let's read it. The international sensation is heading to India. Uh, India? Indio? That's not even a Indio. The fuck is Indio? On Thursday, organizers announced the 2020 lineup for arguably the most hyped music festival in the world, Coachella. Now, I've never been to Coachella. I probably never will. But from what I understand, it is probably the most hyped up music festival in the world. I have no idea why. As rumored, Rage Against the Machine, Frank Ocean, and Travis Scott are set to headline the April event. But sharing the stage with some of the biggest artists alive today will be one who isn't alive at all. Virtual pop star Hatsun Miku. And for those of you that don't know, Hatsumiku is this uh, anime girl with long-ass blue hair that looks like she's from League of Legends with a tie and shirt and skirt. She's like, uh, what are those girls called? Yandere? Is that what they're called? Anyway, she looks like one of those, I guess. Yandere's... I'm, I'm probably saying some shit that doesn't even make sense right now. But... She's, uh, for the people that don't know, she's a computer-generated fucking AI cartoon. She's 2D, um, music performer. I'm not sure how they perform. I don't think they use, um, wait. Oh, yeah, she's going to be a hologram. Okay, I wasn't sure if she was going to be a hologram. I thought they just put, like, a TV screen, and that happens. But I guess they're going to have her as a hologram, like how they did, uh, Tupac. And some other people. So yeah. She's going to be at Coachella. And there's a whole team who's there to do the prep control the visuals. And if something goes wrong, we have to move really quick. Uh, Devine told GQ. There's a whole system to be able to res be responsive. And be able to coordinate the digital aspect with the human aspect. So with this girl, Hatsumiko, what I want to know is who fucking gets the money for the music she makes. Is it like one girl who's like pretending like not pretending but doing her voice or is it like the fucking computer like they type in whatever they want her to say and then she says it and then some fucking old guy with a suit so some fat cat as they used to call them back in the day he's just over there collecting the money then it's just a whole team of people it's like not one person I don't know. I don't really care to do any more research about it. Let's move on to another article before Hatsumiku makes me break my phone. <laughs> uh, do, 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 do. What else? What else? What else you got for me that I want to read uh, Futurism? Because a lot of these are pretty... I don't really want to read them. Why do you have like the worst fucking articles right now why the fuck do I give a crap if an organism that eats meteorites could help us find alien life it sounds interesting but I don't really give a fuck you know what I do give a fuck this one article here watch a self-driving DeLorean burn rubber on a stunt course that's awesome because not only is it DeLorean one of my favorite cars ever if I could own one I probably would um but I don't really, I don't have the money and I probably won't have the money for it. And it's probably like a pain in the ass to take care of. But 
that's actually one of my dream cars. Like, it wouldn't be like if I had like a shit ton of money just to have a big ass garage like Jay Leno and have all the cars I could ever want. A matte black DeLorean would be one of them, and you know what the right license plate would say? It would say DMC twelve. No, well, it's called the DMC twelve, but it would say Run DMC twelve because it's a play on Run DMC, the fucking hip hop group, and DMC twelve, which is what a DeLorean is. It's a DMC twelve. The car is called so it'd be Run DMC twelve. That's fucking hilarious. That's amazing. That's the greatest fucking license plate ever. If you steal it, I'm gonna fucking I'm not gonna do anything because I'm never gonna own this car. So I'm never gonna do that. So you could probably steal, you'll probably if you do steal a license plate, make sure your DeLorean is matte black and send me a picture. So let's read this uh article about this self-driving DeLorean because also I love self-driving cars. I think it's really cool. And I can't wait for them. Great Scott engine Wow, that's a pretty fucking dumb way to start this article, but great Scott. Engineers at Stanford's Dynamic Design Lab have taught a self-driving DeLorean, the iconic early 80s sports car, Back to the Future, fame, how to drift around in a complex, kilometer-long track that even human drivers would struggle with. Um, the onboard computer system learns from dozens of runs how the dynamics of the vehicles respond to the road conditions and twists and turns, and the same kind of technology could one day make the difference between a pedestrian getting hit or not by a driverless car, according to the team. See, this is interesting. Fucking Hatsu Miku, I don't give a fuck the fucking thing that eats meteors. I don't care about that either. And the time travel thing was not even real. It was theoretical. But now this, this is something they're actually testing. They're fucking testing a DeLorean with self-driving autonomous technology that could save people's lives. This is amazing. This is this is what I go on Futurism to read. Look what they said. They said, we're trying to develop automated vehicles that can handle emergency maneuvers or slippery surfaces like ice or snow. Lead engineer Chris Jurdies said in a statement, we'd like to develop automated vehicles that could use all the friction between the tire and the road to get the car out of harm's way. We want the car to be able to avoid any accident that's avoidable within the laws of physics. Bro. Chris Jardis, you're a fucking hero. I I mean, I'm saying that now. I hope you don't like do something really fucked up in the future. But for now, you're a hero. Very little of the original DeLorean made it into the final drifting machine. Two powerful electric motors on each real wheel. Rear wheel supply power now and a custom suspension system provides high performance drifting capability. Steering, braking, and throttling are all handled by electronic systems. In fact, the vehicle's creators say... It can change direction even faster than any human using mechanical steering controls could pull off. Unlocking the full potential of the machine. The results so far are rather outstanding journeys ads. And the stability control systems of modern cars limit the driver's control to a very narrow range of the car's potential. You hear that? I don't know what half the shit he said means, but... I'm excited. This is really cool. Drifting is an excellent exercise for teaching a car what to do to evade an object or person in the road. This is what we need. We need drifting, self-driving cars. We need cars to fucking make a right turn or a left turn like they're in fucking need for speed. That's exciting. Just, I don't know, everything about self-driving cars is exciting and I'm excited 
for this DeLorean to be spinning around the fucking turnpike. Let's watch this video. I mean, I'm going to watch it. You, you're not going to watch it, but you can look it up on YouTube, I guess. I'm going to see how crazy this fucking thing goes. All right, it's starting off. It's going in a circle. It's drifting. Wait, but there's a driver. Wait, what the fuck? Wait, is he not driving? Oh, yeah, he's not touching the wheel. All right, it looked like he was touching the wheel, but he's not. This man is not touching the wheel. The fucking car is just spinning by itself. All right, now it's going on to the next part. Oh, my God. This thing's drifting like no other. I wish you, you could guys watch this video with me. Holy shit, that just... All right, now I understand what they mean by maneuvers human drivers couldn't do. I just looked at the steering wheel, and it fucking did a 720 spin, like... I don't, I don't, like a fucking windmill or some shit. I don't know, just spun around mad quick. I was like, bro, how is this? How do tires even move like that? I feel like if someone did that, I mean, they did it, but like, I feel like that would cause the tire to fucking explode. Bro, how is this wheel turning like that? It's doing fucking insane 720 in half a second spins on the steering wheel. What the fuck? And it just went through like the narrowest bales of hay. There's two bales of hay, like a goal or like a checkpoint. And it just went through like a narrow ass set of them. This is really fucking cool. Now, obviously, I don't want my car on the road just drifting around doing this shit. You know, it's got to have a reason to, but this is cool. This is exciting. This is the type of stuff that I want to see from futurism. Not... Apple leaves off 200 workers from secretive self-driving project. Now, why are you doing that? I bet all those 200 people went to help the DeLorean drift around. That's probably what happened. I'm not even going to read that article. It doesn't deserve uh, any attention. Fucking Apple. Why is Apple even trying to make self-driving cars? You, you know what you should focus on, Apple? You should focus on not making updates that break your fucking phone. Fucking Nibink had his phone. He updated it. And it just stops working. Why don't you focus on that? It says self-driving cars, you stupid motherfuckers. My phone drains batteries so fast. When I first got it, it was beautiful. And then, like, not even a month later, my phone starts draining battery like God knows what. Bro, iPhones suck, but I'm still going to buy an iPhone when I get another phone. But I, I don't know. This is iPhone's brainwashed me, and I'm fine with it. But just fucked up. All I want in a phone is really just good battery life. That's really like the main thing I want. iPhones are the worst for that. It's terrible, bro. My friend had an Android uh, HTC, I think. I think that's the one he had, but he put on low battery mode and the thing lasted for like fucking eight hours or two days or some shit. I put my iPhone on low battery. I think it fucking loses battery faster than when it had regular battery mode enabled. I don't get it. Fucking iPhones suck. I just, I, I'm just gonna still buy them though. It's okay. I'm gonna still buy them. But iPhones are trash. But I'm trash too, I guess, if I buy one. Should I read another futurism article? There's nothing, there's nothing else that catches my interest, that piques my interest, that catches my attention. But let's just do one last look. Um. Nah, fuck everything. You, the most exciting thing is 
this fucking advertisement that popped up. True or false, you could decrease debt while paying less. And it's like some really happy guy with a beard and a crazy-ass mustache. He has his hands up. He's very happy. Should I click on the ad? I feel like it's going to give me every single virus on earth if I click on it. But I'm going to click um, false. You can't decrease debt while paying less. That's false, right? Because then they're going to show me why it's true. Let's click false and try not to get a fucking... Oh, no. What did I just click on? All right. I'm, I got to get off this website. What the fuck is wrong with me? Oh, this was another article that I had saved. Wow. You know, like, am I the only one that has like 100 articles... I mean, I don't have 100, but, you know, like 20 articles just, like, in open tabs in my phone browser. One of them is on Bloomberg, and it says, Your next vacation may be virtual. That's exciting. I'm just kidding. That's not exciting. Why would I want to go on a virtual uh, vacation? Why are major airlines investing in virtual reality? Because the global tourism boom is increasingly unsustainable. All right, so I know that a lot of people are taking less flights because it's bad for the economy. Uh, not for the economy. I mean, it's good. that's good for the economy, but it's bad for the uh, environment because apparently it's really bad when you take a fucking flight. It pumps all this shit into the air. You spend all this waste on shit inside the plane. It's really bad for the environment. So uh, what people are trying to do, at least Japan's biggest airline, is that they're expecting that in the future... A lot of people aren't going to even travel at all. They're going to do virtual traveling. And I guess the airlines are going to take advantage of that. There's a long article. It's not that long. Let's fucking read this. I want to know about virtual traveling. And I bet you want to know about that too. So I'm going to read it here in front of you guys. This is by Adam Minter. I just got caught really quick. All right, <laughs> let's read this article. Japan's biggest airline is betting that the future of travel isn't traveling at all. For the last month, a married couple in Oita Prefecture, I'm so sorry I said that wrong. I don't even know what that is, has been, wait, all right, anyway, has been interacting with a robot called an avatar that's controlled by their daughter hundreds of miles away in Tokyo. Wait, I want to know what the fuck this place is. Oita Prefecture. Prefecture. Wait. Imagine this place is like across the street from me. I don't know what the fuck this is. Uh, it's a place in Japan. All right. Now I feel like an asshole because I said it wrong. All right. <laughs> Let's continue. 100 miles away in Tokyo, made by A&A Holdings, Inc. It looks like a vacuum cleaner with an iPad attached, but the screen displays the daughter's face as they chat, and its wheels let her trundle about the house as though she's really there and even join her parents at the dinner table. Now, that's exciting, but the craziest thing about this article is this fucking word trundle. Its wheels let her trundle. I've never heard that word in my life, but I know what it means. That's like that's kind of weird how like I've never heard the word trundle, but I, I understand what it means. Fucking, why you gotta make me feel like I'm done fucking, fucking putting trundle in here? Let's continue. It may seem like an odd gambit. Gambit, I know. I know that word. It may seem like an odd gambit for a global airline, but as populations age, tourism hotspots get more crowded and overseas travel becomes less sustainable. 
ANA and its competitors are betting they can make money by keeping would-be travelers happily at home. Virtual travel is nothing new, of course. Storytellers, travel writers, and artists have been stimulating the senses of armchair tourists for centuries. It's only in recent decades that frequent safe travel, especially overseas, has become available for the non-wealthy thanks in large part to low-cost airfares and home-sharing services. In 2018, the travel and tourism business grew by nearly 4% and accounted for more than 10% of global GDP. So, I guess it's uh, I guess it's all us poor people's fault that the environment is being destroyed. I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to put the blame on us. Motherfuckers. Yet even as the world's middle class climb out of the armchair and into economy class seats, there are hints of post-travel society emerging. Concerns about sustainability and movements such as flight shaming are taking a toll on carbon-intensive airlines and could spread to other forms of travel. See, this flight shaming stuff, I don't know anyone who has experienced it because... um. I, I never really fly. I didn't go on a plane for the first time until I was 18, which for some people that's pretty late and for some people that's kind of early, I guess, because most of my friends have never been on an airplane ever. So there's no flight shaming that I know of. So I got to know, I got to find out these people who are going on flights like every month or something, then I'll shame the shit out of them. But flight shaming, uh, are taking a toll on carbon intensive airlines and could spread to other forms of travel. The tourism boom is stressing popular destinations and forcing them to look at ways to limit visitors. Wow. You're trying to get rid of people. Which is pretty crazy because I feel like tourism for a lot of places is like the main way those cities and places make money. But now they're trying to get them the fuck out. And the aging of affluent societies is both inhibiting physical travel and creating demand for alternative ways to experience the world and stay connected to others. For the travel industry... Virtual reality offers a tantalizing response to these trends. Tantalizing is a word that I know. Uh, First Airlines, oh, it's called First Airlines. First Airlines, another Japanese company, now lets customers sit in a mock-up of an airplane in Tokyo where they serve fancy meals before taking VR tours of select destinations. What the fuck is wrong with these people? Who is trying to take a fake flight? You think flights are the most fun part of a fucking traveling? The flight? That they're making fucking fake airplanes? What the fuck is this? You know how many people talk about how much they hate flying? There's going to be fake turbulence and shit? Fake terrorists on the fucking flight? What the fuck? Why would they do that? Oh my god, I mean, yeah, it says they take VR tours of select destinations, I guess, like, you know, like, when you're on a flight and you choose a movie, they choose, like, Bali, you go choose a fucking place to go to, the company is targeting elderly travelers who don't want the hassle of a real-life trip and flights to cities such as New York, Paris, and Rome are frequently fully booked, so they're taking advantage of all these old people, they're like, oh, you're actually in a fucking plane, just kidding, you're not, Take this fucking shitty food, shove it up your ass, and go to Bali, and go to fucking Rome, and go to Paris. I hope they get faked Rob in the fucking VR shit. Fucking steal all their coins, all their... (laughs) All their fucking XP (laughs) that they get from the fucking VR. Imagine you just take a fucking VR trip, you just 
pick up like a fucking laser gun or something. It just turns it from a VR vacation to Halo. See, that's interesting. That's what I would want to do. Fucking you pretend to visit Paris, see all these people around, you knock somebody out. It's not fucking Paris anymore. It's GTA Paris. You just made a whole game. That's the future. Virtual reality video game travel destinations. Bro, that's... Whoever does that first is going to be a multi-trillionaire or even whatever comes after trillion because that I'm down with. Bro, you're just fucking doing VR and you go on the Parthenon you're just like shooting people off of it. That's insane. But uh, they're not doing this that over there. They're doing fucking fake airplane simulators. Fucking dumb motherfuckers. ANA is thinking bigger. It wants to use robotics, haptic technology, and fast communication to create a new mode of instantaneous transportation that lets people carry their presence, consciousness, knowledge, and skills to remote locations. So you're basically just carrying your fucking brain, which is already in your head. What the fuck? How are you going to... I would hope I take my consciousness with me. You fucking... Are you kidding me? In less lofty terms, the idea is to make the VR experience more immersive by stimulating multiple senses, including touch. For example, video conferences might soon be enhanced by letting participants shake hands while other technology could one day simulate the feeling of walking on a far-off beach or a mountaintop. Oh, I I said walking off a mountaintop. I was like, why the fuck would you want to experience that? (laughs) Walking on a mountaintop just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god I even said walking on Japan's space agency even hopes to use the company's avatars for lunar expl- exploration alright that I understand I'm not trying to go to space space is scary fucking you click one button your head explodes right so VR destinations for space would probably be a lot of fun that would be cool but going on a beach, I could. Why would I, why would I use VR to do that? I don't even like going to the beach in the first place in real life. Why would I want to go on a VR beach? I mean, I guess you get no sand on you, right? So I, that's that's actually a good way. Yeah, actually, that would be pretty cool. No sharks, no sand. Like you play with the sand, you can make sand castles, but you get no sand on your actual body. I fuck with that. And then you go in the water, you probably feel. Like you're floating. I don't know how they're going to do that, though. Can't really. It's going to be kind of hard to do VR swimming. But I'm sure they'll find a way. But the handshaking thing. Is it like you hold your VR controller and it feels like you're shaking someone's hand? Or do you have like a machine and a fake hand comes out? A fake like silicone hand and you shake that. That's kind of fucking weird. I don't know. Let's continue the article. Of course, far-out technologies encourage far-out claims. ANA doesn't start to plan selling avatars until next year, and the initial versions will decide will be decidedly crude. So this is basically like theoretical shit, like with the fucking time-traveling guy. This, this shit isn't even real yet. It's fucking just bullshit prototypes. Wow. But profits too will probably be elusive. By one estimate, the global market for this kind of technology will be worth only about $300 million by 2023. By contrast, ANA's traditional travel business brought in more than $19 billion last year. Now, this is the last 
paragraph of it, and then I'll give my thoughts. So this is what the last paragraph is. But if the business case for virtual vacations is still weak, the market for technologies that bridge physical distances between families and coworkers seems likely to only expand over the past two decades. Cheap video conferencing apps have changed how families and companies around the world communicate. Inexpensive robots that let them interact physically are a natural next step. ANA's robots may not replace its airplanes from any time soon, but they'll almost certainly be a part of travel's high-tech future. So, virtual reality traveling. At first, I thought it was dumb, but after reading this with the space shit, this does seem kind of interesting. Um... But clearly it's in its early, early infancy stages and it's not even going to make like 10% of whatever the fuck they make now. Is it 10%? Yeah, it would probably be like, yeah, it's definitely less than 10% if it's 19 billion compared to 300 million. That's like a fucking insanely small percentage. So clearly VR vacationing or travel or whatever it's called is not where it should be yet especially since they're starting off doing fucking fake airplanes the stupidest fucking thing why would you do that are they gonna make you bring luggage that you're not even gonna fucking wear or use imagine you go on this fake airplane you just have a fucking fake carry-on they fake um charge you 50 dollars extra for being one pound over on your luggage and then they fake your carry-on shit falls out of the top of the luggage and then it hits somebody and then it fake causes them to sue you fakely. This is so fucking dumb, that airplane part. Why would they even include that? Why Why would they even make that? They spent all their time trying to make GTA Paris VR instead of doing fake airplanes. Maybe they, they'd have $25 billion right now, but they're not doing that. They're doing fake airplanes for these old people like it's fucking Wally, you stupid motherfuckers. ANA Technologies, fucking hire me to be your, I was going to say sales representative, but that's not correct. Fucking head of marketing or discovery. I don't know what the fuck the position is called, but whatever I, I do, whatever I do to tell you what to do, do that. I, I do that for you. All right? Because these fake airplanes are fucking, oh my God, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. You fucking go in the airplane, you put on VR headset, and then you, they give you food that tastes like dog shit. What are you doing? What are you doing, ANA? What the fuck are you doing? Oh my God. I'm going to burst a vein in my head or something. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting so fucking mad. I'm getting mad at ANA. I've never heard of this company. I'm getting, already getting mad at them. They, they didn't even do anything bad. They just did stupid shit. All right? It's not like they're evil villains. They're just doing dumb shit. Fucking, I don't fucking get it. Oh my God. But on that note, uh, let's, let's uh, leave this podcast go a little more because I don't want to end it at 39 minutes. That's too early. That's too early. Should we read one more article? I think we'll read one more article. I don't know where to find another article. Let's go on um Let's go on the front page of Bloomberg. Let's see what you got on there, Bloomberg. What do you got? Investors are falling back in love with Apple. I'm not falling in love with Apple. Fuck Apple, even though I still buy their shit. Um probably alright. You know what? 
fuck these articles. What I'm going to do is another weather thing. Remember do-do-do-do weather, where the fuck I said? I'm going to do one about the snow because now it's winter time. I want to know how to predict the snow without uh, looking at the weather app. Because, I mean, even if I do look at the weather app, it says snow. It lies to me. And then sometimes it says no snow. And there is snow. So, I gotta look at learn how to look at seagulls for snow or some shit. How to tell if it's gonna snow naturally? How do, how do I even word this Google search? With animals, I guess. How to tell if it's gonna snow with animals. Does that make sense? Can animals predict the weather? Yeah, I know they can predict the weather. But, alright, there we go. 20 signs of a hard winter ahead. This is on Farmer's Almanac. Almanac.com. Farmer's Almanac.com. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I'm pro- I pronounce a lot of stuff wrong. Apparently, I pronounce coffee wrong too. Everybody fucking, everybody's a critic. Alright, 20 signs for a hard winter. Number one, thicker than normal corn husks. If your corn husks are a little thicker this year, you check the corn husks, you're like, oh, this is not as thin as it was previously in the year. You got a hard winter ahead. That's bad. Number two, woodpeckers sharing a tree. I guess normally woodpeckers tell each other, go fuck off, suck my dick, don't touch my tree. But now they're like, oh, let's share the tree because it's going to be a hard winter. Two woodpeckers, one tree. That's some porn plot. Number three, the early arrival of a snowy owl. It doesn't even say a snowy owl. It says the snowy owl. Like, this is a fucking Harry Potter owl. What the fuck? When do I... I've never even seen the snowy owl. I'm not sure when it's supposed to come normally. Why would it... How am I supposed to know the early arrival of it? Are you fucking with me, fucking Farmer's Almanac? Is this a joke? Number four. The early departure of geese and ducks. Um... I mean, I don't really know when geese and ducks usually leave earlier. But at least I know... I could probably look that up as opposed to fucking the snowy owl... Fucking number five, the early migration of the monarch butterflies. See, I don't know their migration patterns either. Am I dumb for not knowing the migration power pattern powers patterns of monarch butterflies, geese, ducks, and snowy owls? Maybe I am. Maybe everybody knows their migration patterns. Like, oh, they always do in fucking September, but I'm like, oh, I don't know when the fuck they do it. (laughs) I don't know. Number six, thick hair. On the nape of a cow's neck. So if your cow's neck has thick hair on the nape. (laughs) This is going to be a hard winter. What the fuck is this? I mean, I know it's Farmer's Almanac, but... Are farmers really fucking going... Right before it's going to be winter. Fucking grabbing the thick hair on the nape of the cow's neck. And like, oh, it's going to be winter. Everybody get the fuck inside. (laughs) This is so dumb. The things I do to hit fucking 45 minutes on this podcast. Number seven, heavy and numerous fogs during August. All right, that that I could tell. Number eight, raccoons with thick tails and bright bands. That's like a fucking speech exercise. Raccoons with thick tails and bright bands. Raccoons with thick tails and bright bands. Raccoons with thick tails and bright bands. I don't know how thick a raccoon tail usually is. So number nine, mice chewing furiously to get into your home. All right. That makes sense because the mice are like, yo, I got to get the fuck out of here. Let's go in somebody's home. Number 10, the early arrival of crickets on the hearth. 
What the fuck did you just say to me? On the hearth? That doesn't even say the earth. What's the hearth? What? Is this like earth 2.0? The hearth, the floor, the floor of a fireplace. Who the fuck knows that word? And it says the early arrival of crickets on the hearth. Is there usually supposed to be crickets on the hearth? I don't know. Number 11, spiders spinning larger than usual webs and entering the house in great numbers. Bro, that is fucking terrifying. Entering the house in great numbers. How many fucking spiders is that? Just, you open your door, 10,000 spiders flood in? I, I'm more fucking scared about the spiders than the hard winter. I'd rather have 10 pounds of snow, it's 10 inches of snow, than have 10,000 spiders. What the fuck? Oh my god. Fucking Farmer's Almanac. Number 12, pigs gathering sticks. What the fuck is this? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't even want to read the rest of this. What the fucking pigs gathering sticks? What the fuck is this? Number three, ants marching in a line rather than meandering. Usually, I guess ants fucking spin around their wheels and shit. They're like, oh, I don't want to do shit. Now this uh, fucking... Oh my god, this is the worst fucking article I've read in my life. This is making me more angry than Hatsuniku article I was reading before. And fucking fake time travel guy. Number 14, early seclusion of bees within the hive. Number 15, unusual abundance of acorns. Number... How how much is an unusual abundance of acorns? How am I supposed to know these things? How, am I, how much is a usual abundance of acorns? 16, muskrats burring holes high on the riverbank. I've never seen a muskrat in my fucking life. Number 17, see how high the hornet's nest twill... Wait, what the fuck is this? A fucking nursery rhyme? This is even a fucking... See how high the hornet's nest twill tell how high the snow will rest. So if a hornet's nest is mad high, that's how high the fucking snow is going to be? Bro, I saw this fucking wasp nest... I mean, it's not the same as a hoarded, I guess, but I saw a wasp man. It's not a fucking tree. Get a fucking... Bro, if snow goes as high as that tree, I'm I'm, I'm moving to California. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, my God. 18, the size of the orange band on the woolly bear or woolly worm caterpillar. What the fuck is a woolly worm caterpillar? According to folklore, if the caterpillar's orange band is narrow, the winter will be snowy. Conversely, a wide orange band means a wild... I can't even speak properly. Means a wild... I keep saying wild. <laughs> oh my god. A mild winter. All black caterpillars are not woolly bears and fuzzier than normal woolly bear caterpillars are said to mean that winter will be very cold. I've never seen this fucking thing in my life. Squirrels. Number 19. Squirrels gathering nuts early to fortify against the hard winter. Number 20. Halos or rings around the moon forecast numerous snowfalls and that's it wow i probably should have fucking throw my phone i didn't throw my phone i just hit it against my desk but that's it that's fucking 20 ways to find out if you're gonna have a hard winter or not a hard snowfall i don't fucking know but farmer's almanac you can check that site out you'll find out the 20 signs you'll reread it if you want to know if you live on a fucking farm you fucking looking at the abundance of acorns fucking bullshit thank you guys for listening to the podcast have a great fucking day i'll see you next week hopefully maybe not bye